you worked at, uh, you were the deputy group CIO of British of BP, which is a huge organization as well, and now at the MOD, huge organization. How would, how do you see that the role of the CIO is different at a commercial organization as it is over here? How? how I, I don't, I'm not sure it is, no? primarily. I think the, the, uh, the challenges and the opportunities and the way you have to go about it are largely the same. I, I think we can often make too much of the government versus commercial uh, world differences. Fundamentally, what needs to get done mm -hmm. uh, is pretty much the same. I, I'll tell you one of the things that I uh, that I think, and those that have known me for a number of years might, might laugh at this, but there are two watchwords I've developed in the last few months. Uh, of being here about the job we need to get done and the amazing opportunity that we've got. And those two watchwords are patience and persistence. Mm -hmm. So how, what, how would you describe your fundamental role as, as a CIO here at MOD? Um, uh, so I've got this phrase called the Chief Connecting Officer. Uh, and I think that's a really important part of it. I mean, I talked at the beginning of this conversation about the need for us not to plough our own furrows, but to come together and work more cohesively. Um, that requires somebody to be, I suppose, cheerleading that, someone who's a focal point uh, and a, a focal leadership point for yep. helping bring that together. To then access and realise the specific digital and information opportunities, mm -hmm. this is a team sport. This isn't anymore about, uh, let's call it an old-style an old style IT group, mm -hmm. talking with a, a, an interested set of um, functional users. This is an integrated team sport. So yeah. people from various parts of the organisation with different skills all need to come together and generate a conversation that says, well, how would we do this in a very different way, realising the opportunities that are in front of us? And again, I think the role of the CIO is to be the cheerleader for that. Um, and I think that's really quite important. Maybe my, my final point on that would be, uh, and this isn't just the role of the CIO, but it's definitely, I think, the role of the senior leaders in the function. The first part is we need to connect our colleagues to the world of what's possible. That's really important. So showing people what might be, and then they will create a spark that goes, ah, I know how I could do that in this world. But that's not enough. It needs also to partner with the world of the, the, um, uh, the doable. So people, when they see something that's possible, need also to be confident that that is doable in my environment. And I don't just mean the technology building of it, that we can put the capability around them to make that, whatever that is, work in this environment here. So the world of possibility and the world of the doable are important parts of what the, IT, the digital and IT function have to bring to the party. You've been a top digital leader, CIO in oil and gas, in insurance, in uh, water, utilities, now at MOD, completely different industries. How long does it typically take you if, if you get into a new job I mean, to just master the, the business context? Because that's, and how important is that? How industry savvy do, do you need to be and how much do you need to know your industry to be successful as a CIO? Um, I think there are a common set of challenges that I think 
you know, broad experience is applicable mm -hmm. everywhere. But but I wouldn't want that to get in the way of you really do have to know your business context. You really do need to yeah. understand what this business is. Um, I, I'm not sure there is a typical time to to get that. Some of that is driven by the particular context of what's important right now. Mm -hmm. I certainly took lots of time when I first came into defence uh, to try to understand what was a very different world for me. I took the job because I thought I could make a difference, but I also knew that in taking the job, it would put me on my learning edge. Uh, and I think at the point anyone walks into something and says, well, I, I can make a difference and, and it's already tailor-made, you're set up for failure. A lot of people uh, put a lot of effort, and I'm extremely grateful for it, and they're still doing it to make sure I've been, I've had as much access as I can to understand how defence in the UK actually works. Mm -hmm. So I've been out with all the frontline commands. Uh, I've had first-hand exposure. You've been on the ships and in, and be, in the be, air? Yeah, I, I, yeah, and people have put a lot of effort into, in, and I've put a lot of time into doing that. But it's not just uh, being there and experiencing um, the environment, it's also talking to people. So it's important to talk to the front, you know, people who are actually using all this stuff yeah. and understand what their experience is and how things occur for them. And and I've put a lot of effort into doing that and I will continue yeah. to, to keep putting effort into that. There are people here who have, um, you know, have a lifetime uh, working lifetime of understanding and knowing what that is, and I've only scratched the surface of it. Yeah. And maybe, maybe my last point on that is, uh, and it's about the teamwork, and it's about the team that we need to put together. It's really important that the team, again, it's a team sport, and you can't you can't know everything. You can't cover all of the territory in such a complex. Yeah. Uh, so we need to be putting, you know, the right military leaders into my team. We need to be mixing that with the right. Um, uh, civilian expertise we need to be bringing new external people which we are external people in that creates the right balance so by creating the right teamwork uh, and the right mix of diversity of experience uh, then uh, that's an important part of being able to solve that particular yeah. uh, issue so let's talk about your your style of leadership. I mean, you you run your central uh, shared service, and uh, and then the different uh, groups in in and the different business units. How do how do you think people perceive your leadership? Let's start with that. What do you think after a year and a half they say about you when you're not in the room? Um, I'd like to say that they would use my two watchwords. These patient and persistent. They would probably certainly get I'm persistent. Um, uh, I think people would say I, I, I have a passion. Mm -hmm. I have a definite view of where we need to go. Yeah. I genuinely think they would say I'm collegiate. I sit on the senior management team uh, of defence. Uh, I think my colleagues there, as well as my colleagues within the, the function, um, would say that I'm uh, that, I'm, that, I, that I'm, I value teamwork and that we work, work together reasonably well. I think they would say that I hold a very strong point of view, but that I'm prepared to, uh, through an inquiry, I believe in the power of an inquiry conversation, uh, that I will change whatever it was because we've learned something new. Mm -hmm. So I would hope that those would be some of the key things that people would say. Okay. 
you shared your MBTI profile uh, with us. And we, we use the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs personality type profile as a common thread in the conversations that we have with the uh, top European uh, CIOs and digital leaders. And your profile, you're an ENTP, uh, which is also known uh, or uh, described as the visionary. And I'm going to uh, read quickly a, a small description of, of ENTPs. There are inspired innovators, motivated to find new solutions to intellectually challenging problems. They're curious, clever, and seek to comprehend people, systems, and principles that surround them. They're typically open-minded, unconventional, and visionaries that want to understand, analyze, and influence other people. How does that resonate? I think that's reasonably accurate. Um, and I think for me, and I think I've, I've got a reasonable degree of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. um, one of my things I learned a number of years ago in my, in my BB career was I, I'm generally quite empathetic. I'm quite a good team player. Mm -hmm. But I also learned that um, when push comes to shove, task will often trump empathy. Uh, and I need to I need to be aware of that as we as we move forward. Um, maybe on a and that's I was going to say that's a light-hearted point. It's not. It's actually a, a very serious point. Um, but maybe the other bit that I would add is um, because of that profile, I am aware that I. Uh, sometimes people can perceive me as being a butterfly. You, you know, you flip from one thing to the next. I need to make sure that I have the right capability and teamwork in place that uh, is genuinely following through on things. And, and I'm a great believer in having the right kind of balanced teamwork and capability. That I, I'm, a, I'm a huge, passionate believer uh, in diversity and inclusion as a smart and sensible way of doing business of course it's values based yep. that's important but it's also just a really smart way of doing business okay people with your personality uh, profile they need to watch out with they can be very argumentative they can sometimes be insensitive intolerant find it difficult to focus or dislike practical matters you already talked about that you need to focus and that you have found a way to do that what are the other challenges that you've overcome and 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 um, and how have you done that? Well, look, I mean, I, so you know, a leopard is a leopard, and it's not suddenly going to become a zebra because um, we're all built differently. We, you know, we, and we are what we are. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things I would argue I've learned over the years is the point I made earlier about self-awareness. Mm -hmm being aware of who you are and what makes you tick and how you react yep. in particular circumstances gives you, and being thoughtful about it, keeping it in your mind, gives you an opportunity to, you won't stop how you're going to react because that's, that's who you are, yep. but you have a better ability to be able to control whether you choose to let whatever the reaction is follow through the way it would follow through or whether you intervene with it. And sometimes, as ever, you get that right and sometimes sometimes you, you catch it some way further down the line. Um, but I think that would be... Um, that would, so that would be my reflection on that. Self-awareness is a really important tool uh, in order to... Whatever personality type you are. Now, let's talk about your values. 
um, what are the guiding principles, the values in your life and, and, and the things that you want your children to take away from you? Um, so I, I believe it's really important. I mean, you've taken it right out of the work context, which is great. Um, first and foremost, and I think this is relevant in a work context, uh, I, I, I want people to believe in themselves. I want them to believe in their own capability and ability and to feel confident about how they're able to bring that to the world. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's important that, and it's okay, that people say, well, here's my strengths and here's the things that, you know, uh, are, are things I need to be thinking about and be aware of. Uh, so, so having that at your fingertips, I think, gives gives you a much greater degree of confidence mm -hmm. and a much greater ability, whatever situation you're in, to be able to feel fulfilled and confident yeah. uh, about what you're doing. I also believe that it's important to, um, as much as possible, do what you said you would do. So that's about being, that's about integrity and honesty. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and of course, everyone will fail. Everyone fails in that. And it's actually okay to say that and know that, but it's also important then, as an important part of values, to say, actually, I didn't really get that bit done, did I? And go back and have a conversation. with Whoever it is you might need to, sometimes with yourself, yep. but also sometimes then with other people. And I think that's a, that's a really important part. I remember many years ago, this is in a work context, someone giving me a piece of advice uh, in the face of some difficult situations we, we were facing. And what they said was, doesn't really matter. All that is ever missing is a conversation. And I think I would argue I've learned that, sometimes the hard way, over, over a number of years. No matter what situation you're facing, have a conversation. When are you happy in your professional life? What makes you tick? Uh, I love being around clever, energetic, passionate people. Mm -hmm. uh, I, that's, that's just a, a fantastic place to be. And then the other thing, um, I, uh, I need to feel like we're making progress. Mm -hmm. I don't need the world to be perfect. I don't think the world is ever going to be perfect, whether that's the broader world or you know, the particular uh, business situation that we are facing and trying to and trying to move forward. Moving forward is good enough for me, yep. uh, and being able to point at it. But I think it's really important that we can actually do that, say that, and demonstrate it. Yep. Do you have a personal mantra, something, and or guiding principle that you live by? Um, uh, getting stuff done. Getting stuff done. Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue through most of my career. I mean, I, I, I'm not the world's greatest intellectual. Uh, I'm not dumb, but I ain't the, I ain't the uh, top of the heap. Um, I've been successful by finding ways to get stuff done and make things happen. And that's about connecting people and connecting ideas. Uh, and back to my point, patience and persistence. In a career like yours, I'm, I'm sure you had some very interesting successes and some brilliant failures. Could you share one of your most brilliant failure and what you learned from it? Um, it's always people-based. Mm -hmm. um, and my, my biggest failures and probably the one 
I would pick, um, I go back into um, a, a previous life, was trying to get a particular project done where I was absolutely clear the outcomes were obvious uh, and put quite a lot of effort and quite a lot of angst into trying to make that so uh, but hadn't properly taken account of what actually the broader equities of a number of wider stakeholders actually was and paid the price for that by ploughing a furrow that I knew I was right and actually while I might have been right based on a narrow view mm -hmm. of what the world was uh, wasn't the way the world was seen by many other people so I think my biggest takeaway from that was the way the world occurs for people is not always the same as you think it is and you need to be thoughtful you need to be using these uh, to understand what the environment is that you're in and be prepared to learn from it. Yeah. And what would you say was like the most surprising or the, your favorite success that you have ever uh, realized? I'm going to make it quite personal. Um, and I won't say who, but, but watching and being part of uh, someone at the midpoint in their career uh, facing some challenges genuinely blossom and grow and actually become a very, very significant senior leader mm -hmm. uh, on the back of that. Um, there are lots of things we all do in our career where, you know, and I've talked about the importance of getting stuff done, but actually mostly that's just stuff. Um, the, really, the really valuable things are where you can point at people and see where they are and how they've grown and how they've developed. Okay. Last question is, I mean, people that are uh, looking at this, this video, this conversation, uh, many of them will be aspiring digital leaders. What would your advice be to younger people that want to have a similar career and success like yours? A couple of things. Um, uh, never ignore your passion, um, but be thoughtful about how you apply it uh, and don't give up. On a final note, um, Charlie, and thank you very much for this, uh, for this beautiful conversation. Is there anything else that you want to share with people out there that, that are watching at this video that, that we haven't touched on yet? I mean, I, I would just simply, and it's something I touched on, um, uh, this is the most exciting time I can ever think of to be involved in the world of digital and IT. It is truly remarkable and breathtaking the opportunities that are out there for us um, and I would just absolutely encourage everyone to just jump right in at the deep end and don't be afraid to fail uh, it's uh, you know that you know um, I know we talk lots about it's important to fail but actually mostly in the environments we're in usually we don't we have tried to avoid it and actually, I think it's quite important that we say it is okay to... You should, it, it, certainly, you should not be using that as an excuse for not trying something. No. You must try stuff. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing your insights, your ideas, your visions. Uh, it was a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.